Running Light Ministry Podcast is brought to you by listeners like you. You can support these podcasts by making a gift to the ministries at runninglight.org. My name's Bo. I'm Peter. And this is episode 73. Um, we're going to talk today a little bit about um, porn to trafficking bridge. I'm going to talk a little bit about that because I'm going to be talking about it pretty soon at Pima College. Nice. And I thought it would be cool to kind of talk a little bit about that. And then yeah. we're going to talk a little bit about what you've been doing with the men on Tuesday night, which is the Spurgeon quotes yeah. on a repentance. Yeah. And then I want to talk a little bit about a book by Daniel Egan, um, a professor at, um, out of Connecticut, I think. Um, she's written a book um, a few years back called Becoming Sexual, and it's really about the sexualization of the culture. But she writes a lot, di- a little, it's a little different than what people would think. Um, she's very critical of the pro-sexualization um, uh, feminist movement. And, uh, and, and so her book's a, a very critical, high-research book um, over what we call the sexualization of young women Mm. and um, a lot of times that's an argument like against pornography or it's an argument against um, you know just uh, capitalism corporation marketing things like that that are always marketing towards young people and uh, especially young girls and things of that nature and she kind of she kind of really brings out some really cool points Mm. that are much different and I always like books like that I love books that just swing things different ways Um, you know I tend to think the Christian culture is so in its little bubble that it can't quite uh, see the forest for the trees. You know, it can't, doesn't have much perspective. Mm. And, um, and because of that, even our biblical understanding is very narrow. Mm. Um, meaning we, we, we see the Bible through a very um, interesting lens and um, can't quite see some of the bigger pictures in the Bible that are just so obvious. They're so there, and we talk about them so many times, Peter, on on these podcasts. Mm. But yet, they're they're just absolutely amiss mm. in in the church. Yeah. Um, people don't see it. So, um, and uh, and so you know, uh, books like that really help me to kind of go, hmm, you know, it, that's a good point. Mm. And they bring up good arguments, and uh, and and you know, as a Christian, I don't know about like when you think of your own personal work on your, you know, the the work on yourself, the daily work on yourself. There's always that introspection of going, you know, you know, am I really? How am I really doing? Mm. You know, um, you know, what is my pride really like? Mm. And what what is my priv- pride really doing? Um, and sometimes pride is so ugly of a thing where it, uh, it makes you think things, uh, are right and hold to those things so strongly, um, uh, to where you really see things become very skewed and, uh, yet you don't know it. You think you're, you're on the right track. And uh, I always go, you know, you always look at the Bible and it's always talking about, you know, 
people think the whole Bible is about really a critique of people that are thinking they're right. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See that too. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, uh, it's just through, it's a throughout the whole thing. It's yeah. just, that's the, one of the obvious things is that when you think you are right, you probably aren't. <laughs> and whether it's religiously or whether it's um, in, a, in forms of uh, loose living, yeah. you know, whatever you think you're doing cool in or you're on the right track, usually you're not. Hmm. And uh, a lot of times I, I, I kind of have this thought that, you know, God, when I think I'm abiding in the vine, am I really abiding in the vine? Hmm. You know, is that really happening in my life? Hmm. Um, you know, and the only way I can kind of comb through that um, in my own uh, thought is to is to, you know, really do that inventory and and talk to other people too and uh and have serious conversations so i always appreciate you know my time with you and uh that we we can have these moments even on the podcast where we're able to uh just talk openly and and uh you know we get to know one another better and we get to see where we're each at Mm. you know really you know in in life so um yeah you know that kind of thing. Yeah. So hey, um, you just got done doing. You, you finished some some great stuff with Charles Spurgeon. Me and you both enjoy Spurgeon. Yeah. And you touched on uh, the area of repentance with uh, some of Spurgeon's quotes. What were some of the things you pulled out of Spurgeon when it came to the idea of repentance? So um, yeah, I've <coughs> I've been uh, re- working on a workbook for our. Um, for our ministry for a couple of weeks now, I think like a month now. And I, I got to the topic of repentance. And so in order to prepare for, for writing on that topic, I went through um, a series of Spurgeon sermons <laughs> on it. Yeah, that's just <laughs> awesome. <laughs> which are amazing and awesome. And it's one of the better places you can go. Yeah. So I, I read through them and it's so great. You know, those of you guys who don't know, all, pretty much all of Spurgeon's sermons, they've, they have transcripts of them on the internet for free and you can just go and look them up and read through them and they're they're fantastic you know they're great i think you told me you got like an app on your phone i do i have yeah. an app on my phone of just spurging sermons that i can just <laughs> read through <laughs> that's so great and it's man. amazing how many times i want to bookmark like the page <laughs> you know it has this little bur- bookmark and i'm like bookmark 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 you know because <laughs> awesome, almost dude. every page there's something on in the sermon that is um quite good yeah. you know and uh makes me go man that's I awesome if they have that on audible you know <laughs> like could they does someone do a voiceover for them <laughs> that would be cool this one doesn't <laughs> no. this one this one is just uh it's just called spurgeon sermons yeah um i i just looked it up on uh, you know on the google play store and this is what came up but um it's off the charts man that's awesome you yeah. know and the major reason why I was going through it and over it, and and I just as I was reading these quotes, I was like, "This is just so cool! I gotta, I gotta share these with the guys." You know, like when me and Bo get on something, we get really excited to either share it on mm-hmm. a podcast or you know in the groups because it's just it's so phenomenal. You know, like what what God does in us, and we just like to share it. You know, <laughs> and uh, in my life growing up, one of the biggest kind of problems one of the biggest hindrances towards my growth as a christian was actually the topic of repentance and uh you and me and Bo, we talk about repentance constantly we talk about it all the time and how the christian church has kind of veered away um from what is taught in the bible and what is spoken by pretty much 
uh, all the church fathers and all the church leaders for hundreds and hundreds of years in in the church. But the problem is that it's become so commonplace. The misconceptions on this topic of repentance have become so commonplace that a lot of the times me and Bo feel like uh, when we say our view on it, people are like, that's not right. You know, like, that's not that's not right. Like, I've, I've never heard it that way. That can't be the truth. So every now and then we like to because a lot of times the Bible don't do it for people. Like we quote them scripture all day and they're like, mm, yeah, I don't think you're seeing that right. So every now and then we like to dig in our dig in our banks and and find someone else who can maybe articulate it a little bit better than we can and so i i I saw these spurgeon quotes and there's just three things in them that i wanted to pull out for the guys and that's that's what we've been talking about for the last couple weeks uh the first point that i wanted to make to them that that i saw really clearly in these spurgeon quotes was that repentance is a gift from god and it can't be manufactured uh and this comes from second timothy 2 verse 25 Paul is speaking to Timothy and he says, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth. So Paul encourages Timothy to uh, correct people, but he knows that God ultimately has to grant them the gift of repentance, that it can't be manufactured by a pastor or by the person themselves. Uh, The second point that I pulled out was that repentance is ultimately going to be focused upon God and not on the world. Uh, And this is from Psalm 51, verse 4, where David writes, Against you and you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. So David, who committed a pretty atrocious sin that impacted a lot of people in some pretty severe ways, uh, wrote in Psalm 51 that really he had only sinned towards God. And uh, we'll talk about that later. And then the third point that I brought out was that repentance is ongoing and it's lifelong. Uh, I got this from 2 Corinthians 7, verse 11 where Paul is talking to the Corinthian church and he says, observe this very thing that you sorrowed in a godly manner. What diligence it produced in you, what clearing of yourselves, what indignation, what fear, what vehement desire, what zeal, what vindication, and all things you proved yourselves to be clear in this matter. And I just pointed out to them that in this verse, all the verbs that he used to describe the repentance were ongoing things. They weren't something that happened at some point in their life and now they're over. And these are also not verbs that would uh, that would in any way say that the Corinthian church was free from sinning. Uh, none of these verbs say that they're free from sinning. In fact, if you read the whole book of Second Corinthians, you know that they had a lot of sin. Mm-hmm. Um, but these verbs instead show their attitudes towards sin and their attitudes towards God. That they have a fear of sin, they have a hatred for sin, they're, they're moving away from sin. But then they're also, it says, vehement desire, zeal, and vindication, meaning that they have a strong passion for God now. They're going after God uh, in very strong ways. And so I just pulled out some Spurgeon quotes to kind of really illustrate these points uh, in, in a lot of clarity. And uh, before we go into them, is there anything you want to Well, I, I was just, you know, I, I just think it, it, it's, it, this is great because when you we're, we're talking about recovery and we're talking about, you know, this issue of sexual sin and 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 immorality um this term repentance or the word repentance kind of makes we in the church you have different ways that we use the same word Hmm. and it it can be really confusing (laughs) you know like if you're not if you're not from uh, a church if you haven't been in the church uh, i've been in the church 30 years Hmm. you know um and I've been a minister 24, 25 years or something now. But if you're not in this all the time, 
if you're like me kind of and and even me i don't think many even ministers kind of are realizing this even you know what we're going to talk about um it it can get it it just it becomes like it's something that just goes right over the head of most people uh, this idea that we're using the same word Mm -hmm. but because the context is one of sexual issues Mm. we we utilize the word differently right you know does that am i making sense there right right yeah so so i guess to be specific is Usually when we're talking about someone, say a kid struggles with masturbation and we're like, hey, you need to repent of that, Mm. right? What we're saying is that he needs to never do that again. Mm. Never do that again. If he really repents, he's never going to masturbate again, Mm. right? Incredible pressure that you you put on the the girl or the boy at at that state (laughs) <laughs> um, you know, and and not to mention if they really are born again or not, mm. um, and 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 are they do they really trusting the Lord and you know all that stuff? They could be from a religious home, very have been baptized in water, gone through Christian ceremonies, um, yet uh, you know it, it's because that they are they have been influenced by you to do such things, mm. um, so. Not to mention the pressure that comes with that, you know, <laughs> just the religious, you know, life of the family and, and the culture of it all. And, you know, with this idea of repentance, you know, you got to repent from masturbation. So what we mean, you know, is that you repent and it, you, you, you stay sober, mm. you know, and even those terms are used. Right. You know, sobriety. Right. You know, from masturbation, um, you know, sobriety from lusting in your mind. Mm you know, um, these type of things, um, where when you use repentance, uh, with in another context, like say we use repentance when it comes to, um, spending your money wrongly or, um, maybe eating, Mm. you know, or things like that. We usually don't mean repentance as in that's never going to happen again. Right. We just mean like, Hey, you know, you did something wrong. And you need to recognize it and you do better. Right. You know? Right. (laughs) You know? And just do better. Work on that, (laughs) you know, kind of thing. Yeah. You know, we usually don't mean like you're never going to eat a big burrito again and feel like junk, Mm. you know? Or you're never going to eat a burrito and then eat a cake, Mm. you know? Or you're never going to be prideful again or you're never going to be greedy again or spend your money wrongly again. Um, Because... You know, and, and so it, so I guess my point is, is that the way we use this word is very confusing. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> it definitely is for sure. Because I have no clue what anybody's meaning anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always joke with uh, with people that when I was in the Marines, we had a we had an acronym for everything. And those of you guys who are in the military or any type of police service, you know what I'm talking about. There's just, you have an acronym for absolutely everything, but no one knows what the acronyms mean. We just throw them around. And over time, we would realize that we were saying these letters and we had no idea what we were even talking about anymore. Like we had no clue. We were just like, I know, I know this is right, but I have no idea what I'm talking about. And, (laughs) and a lot of times in church, when I came out of the Marine Corps, I saw the same exact language barrier happen again 
where it's like I didn't know what any of these terms meant. And so they were actually doing more harm to me than good. Yeah. But at this point, I had been a Christian for so long, I felt embarrassed <laughs> to ask someone yeah. like, like yeah. hey, like, I mean, simple things. Like when I came back from Afghanistan, like just hanging out with you and reading my Bible on my own for the first time in my life, I was like, dude, what does prayer mean? You know, like I, that's a that sounds like a dumb question, but I realized I didn't know the answer to it. I really didn't know what prayer was. I knew it had something to do with talking to God but I didn't know how to talk to God. What was the right way to talk to God? What should I talk to God about? Like, I didn't, why we do it? Like, I didn't know any of that, you know? Yeah. And I'll give you, for instance, in the Bible, if someone's teaching through Acts chapter eight, they're going to get to uh, a section where in verse 22, it says, <laughs> repent therefore of this, your wickedness and pray God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. Okay, so you go, man, okay, repent, man. You get this idea of like, dude, I need to I need to change. Yeah. You know? And uh this kinda you know, and you, you kinda look at this or you look at other sections of the book of Acts where it talks about repentance when Peter gives his sermon and he tells the people to repent and to be baptized every one of them. Hmm. You know. Um you know, when when he says those things in verse 38 of chapter 2, um, you get the idea that that's a one-time kind of deal. Repent. Right. You know, turn. Right. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Right. And, um, and then when you read Luke chapter 17, and you read Jesus, and Jesus says, Hey, take heed to yourself if your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day... And seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you get the a different <laughs> take there. That's right. That you can repent seven times <laughs> of the same sin in, in the day. same day. <laughs> and <laughs> each repentance was genuine. That's right. right. He never he never disses <laughs> the guy who's <laughs> repenting. <laughs> He's not like if he comes to you more than once, then he never really repented. The first time. Yeah, he never really. So that was false repentance. So, <laughs> yeah, that's right. So it's like in the issue of... of of you know when we talk about issues of like pride or lust or things like that we usually already <laughs> are a, a kind of uh are not lust but pride usually right we usually and in, in greed and and even maybe overeating an example of that kind of a gluttony kind of thing right. we usually use the word like oh repent just in a really um casual way of just saying hey you know there needs to be that change right but when it comes to the kid with masturbation and man, what if he comes to you seven times in a day yeah. <laughs> and says, "Hey, I'm sorry, I masturbated again." <laughs> you know, yeah. um, you know, we always think like, "Nope, you, it didn't take the first time. <laughs> <laughs> repent again." Yeah. You know, what I mean, <laughs> like, you know, you didn't repent. It just didn't. You didn't do it right. That's right. And and that mm. could do a lot of harm in somebody. It did a lot of harm in me. Because I got the idea that, you know, I wasn't making any progress. I was like, every single time I fall to sin, that means I never made any progress. Right. That it was never out of true repentance. And therefore, even if I went a month, two months, three months, a year, yeah. six years without viewing porn, without masturbating, whatever. If I fell after six years, then that whole six years was a lie, you know? Well, it becomes, it becomes too, uh, a very difficult to determine what real repentance is because... You know, you'll read even people that'll say like old, even old saints that'll talk about repentance as being, you know, crying and weeping and mm -hmm. things like that and, and stuff like that. And then you're but then you're kind of thinking, hey, did I really cry enough? Yeah. <laughs> did I really 
weep enough? Yeah. Um, like how much weeping uh, constitutes real repentance? Right. You and know. That's why the, the Spurgeon quote. I'll read. I'll read one of them for you guys right now. Uh, he addresses that point that Bo just made. He says, first of all, let me correct one or two mistakes which those who are coming to Jesus Christ very often make. One is they frequently think they must have deep, horrible, and awful manifestations of the terrors of the law and of hell before they can have said to have repented. How many have I conversed with who have said to me, what I can only translate into English to you this morning, something in this way, I do not repent enough. I do not feel myself enough of a sinner. I have not been so gross and wicked a transgressor as many. I almost wish I had, not because I love sin, but because then I think I would have had deeper convictions of my guilt and feel more sure that I had truly come to Jesus Christ. So you have people that are, that are kind of talking like you, Bo, where they're like, I didn't really cry. Maybe I didn't cry enough. Maybe I didn't weep enough. Like, you right. know, I was at that concert and they asked me to come forward and, and I was, I had like a couple tears, but then there was people who were bawling and maybe, maybe I should have been bawling <laughs> and, you know, like, yeah. and he even says, and this is crazy because I had these feelings a lot because I grew up in the church where he says that some people actually say, I wish I had sinned worse where they're like, maybe if I was like that dude who was a drug dealer. I've had many people tell me the same thing. Right. After hearing like my testimony, they go, man, mm. mine's not like that. I wish it was. Yeah. <laughs> I wish, I wish, Bo, I wish I had your jacked up life <laughs> and then I would be on the right path, man. That's right. You know, and that's like, it's such a fallacy, man. It's not true. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not, it's not like there's a level of sadness that's going to produce repentance. There's actually a level of forgiveness. Hmm. Um, that seems to be what Jesus gets at. I, I think with the uh, woman who comes uh, into the house, uh, I think it might have been of the Pharisee, yeah. and uh, where Jesus says, "He who is forgiven much loves much." Mm. You know, where it seems like when you realize, you know, just your depraved nature anyway. Right. You know. Right. Um, whether it's lust, greed, whatever it is. Yeah, and that. That's like one of the main points that Spurgeon tries to make. I'll read you guys uh, a quote on it in a second, but that's one of the major points that he's trying to make with this repentance issue is that a lot of people think that like, I need to have a focus on how wicked my sin is in order to really repent. You know, once I really grapple with how wicked it is and how awful it is and how many people I've hurt and how many, how jacked up I am, then I'm going to actually change. I'll hit bottom, you know? And that's like the terminology that we a lot of times use in Spurgeon over and over again in these quotes. He says like, no, 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 you, the problem isn't that you're not focusing on sin enough. He's like, the problem is that you're not focusing on God enough. And he's like, and that's why you're not changing. Um, in fact, he, he said, let me read you guys this quote from him. It's so good. He says, true repentance has a distinct and constant reference to the Lord Jesus Christ. If you repent of sin without looking to Christ, away with your repentance if you are so lamenting your sin as to forget the Savior, I love that. If you're so bummed about your sin that you're not looking at Jesus, right. dude, it's not no good. You have need to begin all this work over again. right? And then he goes on, he says, Whenever we repent of sin, we must have one eye upon sin and another upon the cross. Or better still, let's have both eyes on Jesus, seeing our sin punished in him, and by no means let us look at sin except as we look at Jesus. A man may hate sin just as a murderer hates the gallows, but this doesn't prove that he has repented. If I hate sin because of the punishment, I am not repented of sin. I merely regret that God is just. But if I can see sin as an offense against Jesus Christ and loathe myself because I have wounded him, 
then I have true brokenness of, uh, of heart. And then he finishes the quote by saying, repentance that looks elsewhere, elsewhere is just remorse that clings to sin and only dreads the punishment. Let us then seek under God to have a hatred of sin caused by the sight of Christ's love. So what he's saying is that like the issue is that I'm trying to get over my sin by focusing on the sin instead of focusing on Christ's love. That's right. And he says, actually, if I focus on Christ's love, the result will be I'll be more and more. I'll see more and more, as you said earlier, of my depravity and that will make me sorrow. But it's not the goal. It's kind of like if I were to ask a Christian couple and the, the goal means everything, man. But if I were to ask a Christian couple and premarital, let's say they're about to get married and I'm like, hey, what's your guys' goal for marriage? And they looked at me and they said, well, our goal is to never get divorced. I'd be like, that's a pretty cruddy goal. <laughs> you guys probably aren't going to make it. You know, that's all they're saying the is we don't want the negative. You <laughs> right, know, right, we right. don't want the negative. And a lot of times when I talk to Christians, they give me a similar answer. I'm like, well, what's your goal in your repentance? To be sorrowful, man. To be sorrowful or to, to never fall to that sin right, again or right. to never go back. or to d- I'm right. like, that's a pretty cruddy goal. You know, that's pretty lame. You know, you're not going to, you're not going to make it far. And one of our favorite verses at our ministry, because it's what we're named after is running light Mm -hmm. uh, is Hebrews 12, verse one through two, where it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, let us run the race with endurance, looking forward to the author and perfecter of our faith, Jesus Christ, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, uh, despising the shame. In that passage, the writer of Hebrews uh, uses the analogy of a race. He's like, it's, it's like racing. And here's the question. When you're running a race, are you running from something or are you running towards something? And the answer is always you're running towards something. You're running towards a goal. You're not running away from the from the starting line. In the same way in the Christian walk, it's like, well, what are you running towards? Are you running towards God or are you just simply running away from sin? Because running away from sin, as he says, actually won't get you to God. Because there are many different avenues that your sin can take. So let's say I become so afraid of porn that I'm like, okay, I'm going to change. Well, now my change is built out of selfishness, right? It's built out of the fact that I saw that my marriage was failing or I saw that, oh man, I don't want to get an STD one day or I don't want to have this happen. Or Or I'm sick and tired of this. I'm sick and tired of it, man. Like I'm tired of bailing. I, you know, I don't want people to find out, you know, my Mm -hmm. reputation will be hurt if people see this or whatever, or cost me money or whatever you know i don't (laughs) like i don't like the porn industry or whatever your reasoning is that's all selfish right that's all that's all about you it's all about what you want in the moment and now here what you're doing is you're looking to god and you're saying god can you help me get to my goal and god's like i should be the goal (laughs) you know i should be the goal but we think in the church we actually think that that's righteous and me and bo talk about this all the time about how how many sermons we've heard uh dealing specifically with sexual issues Um, but pretty much every other issue too, where the main goal of the pastor seems to be to point out the evil of sin. And he never points to the beauty of God and the forgiveness of God and the love of God. You know, and that's, that's pretty much the whole sermon of just like, man, like if you're viewing porn, here's the stats on how many kids were trafficked this year and you participated in that and right. man like this is what you're doing to your wife and this is what you're doing to your kids and this is and and they just go on and on and on and you're just like if you're listening to that and you're like me and you're like ah oh, man i i viewed porn like last night you're like i suck you know yeah. like i'm i'm a terrible person and what you've now done is you've created someone who wants to get free for god and not to get free from god and there's a big big difference right repentance is a gift 
and it has to be focused on God. It cannot be self-manufactured, no matter how sorry you make yourself. Yeah, and it's kind of, it's important because when repentance is not clearly defined Mm. as what it is, then, then, you know, we, it produces a self-righteousness in us Mm. uh, when we stop something because um, of not the right motivation. Right. Of not the right reason. Um, and and the church in general is very good, very okay with certain sins. Mm. Certain sins thrive amazingly well within the body of Christ. Self-righteousness being probably the greatest. Mm. That, that thrives amazingly strong and is exalted and is praised mm. uh, within Christendom. And and so uh, we we tend to fall into under an illusion that though we are not doing something, we're not sinning. I we we fall right into Jesus's parable of the tax collector and the Pharisee, where we immediately go into the thank God I'm not like brother so and so, you know, who can't stop masturbating. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Or thank God I'm not like that person, yeah. or that you know that big person over there. Thank God I'm not like that prideful person over there. Thank <laughs> God I'm not like that you know person who struggles with this, or you know thank God I'm not like that. Mm. You know, we, and those things tend to, you know, the church tends to look at those things and kind of go, yeah, that's right. Mm. You know, that's right. We've repented. Yeah. You know, we we're we we've done away with it. Yeah. You know, and. Um, you know, and we we do focus on those negatives, and I think that's a good analogy. Is that is that you know the marital one? Is that gosh, if you're looking at you know how to not get you know divorced, and that's what it's all about. <laughs> um, you you might do that, you might accomplish it, <laughs> you know, but it's certainly you're probably not going to be happy. <laughs> we you made know? it. Yeah, <laughs> we made it. Because I don't know too yeah. many people that are you know, that thi- that focus so much on, you know, hey, I don't want to get divorced, I don't want to get divorced, that are happy people. Right. You know, um, instead of just focusing on every day, you know, looking to God and 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 that type of thing. So, yeah, repentance is, is, is Spurgeon definitely points out some good points, um, you know, in that last section there. Yeah. About um, really going after Christ and so does it mean that when we go after Christ does that mean that when we repent it's it's done again we 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 kind of think from the book of Acts maybe oh yeah that that is done but then we look from the book of Luke and we go maybe it's not maybe <laughs> maybe that thing continues right right and and uh this is another thing that um needs to be understood when it comes to repentance. The, w- the word repentance just means a change of path or a change of direction. It specifically means making a 180 degree turn. That's, that's, that's all it means. And uh, it's a secular term. It's not even a Christian term. We just adopted it um, as Christians to, to help people understand what we're doing. And one of the major hindrances to us is because we misunderstand the difference between repentance unto life and repentance in life. Meaning that there is a difference between when I repented to become a Christian, right? That there was a repentance that I went underwent that unequivocally 
drew me from the world into the kingdom of God in an instant, right? And I was saved, right? There was an instance I wasn't saved, and then there was an instant I was saved. And that repentance is what is what did that in me, right? God granted me repentance, and that happened. Um, but then we, what we need to understand is now that we are a Christian, now that we are saved, there's hundreds, thousands, millions of little repentances that are going to be from sin to God every day, right? So every day I'm going to need to turn from my sin and towards God in various areas of my life, right? When I see pride rising up, am I going to turn away from that pride and towards God? Um, and sometimes I'll be looking at God and I'll do the opposite. I'll turn towards sin, right? And I need to repent of that, right? Repentance needs to be a, a continual ongoing thing. And that needs to be understood for Christians. Yes, there was one repentance that saved you, but now there needs to be many, many other repentances throughout your life that are going to continue to, to, to save you. Not save you from, from sin and death, right? That was done away with in the moment you became saved, but to save you from the sins in your life, right? The various issues of your life that, that, that draw you away from God. Yeah, and I think, that, I think what you're just saying about the distinctions of, of, of repentance is really what, if you study the book of 1 John, this is really what John's getting at. There's a section in 1 John chapter 3 that says, you know, he who is of God does not sin because mm. his seed is in him. Right. And, and some people take that and they go, see, Christian doesn't sin. Yeah. When they repent, it's done, <laughs> you know. Um, but you have to understand how illogical that is and how contradictory that is to Jesus. Even to John. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> e yeah, that's right. Uh, meaning... First of all, Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount tells us to pray, Father, forgive us our sins. So he's obviously understanding that. But First John, there's three sections in First John mm. where he makes it very clear that we do sin. Right. So I, I think having that understanding that, that even the Apostle John understood that there was, in a sense, a repentance that truly was a cleansing work in us where we cannot, we are seen as clean. Right. Um, and, and righteous, that Ephesians 1 section that's so glorious that talks about that, you know, we are, we have been made holy uh, by Christ and, mm -hmm. and we are seated in heavenly places and it's this positional righteousness that we have with God, you know. So there's this repentance that brought that about, this positional righteousness, but then there's that practical repentance that's right where there's that daily work of repentance that's in our life and Spurgeon believed that yeah he did he did and he taught that very powerfully and you know I spoke in the when I was talking to the men in the group this last week um, I was asked a question of like why do you think the church doesn't speak like this anymore and um, I have a couple ideas but I think one of the major ones that has happened in Western society is we have an idea of Western society of instant gratification that we just can't get away from we like things to happen instantly we don't like them to take time uh, we don't like the idea that things are gonna take time and if you don't believe me go to any bookstore today and think about any topic think about any <laughs> topic off the top of your head and look for books in that topic and I guarantee you you're gonna find at least several books that are gonna say something like this six easy ways to cure your ADD kid or seven steps to make sure that your alcoholic husband never hurts you again or you know seven paths that you walked at right some 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 key some little thing that if you just read this book go to the seminar five best yoga moves <laughs> 30 minute abs man yeah, you know right. like you just you just do this and it's good this is all you have to do huh. and this is it man and you just you just wait give it a month you're you're good you know six pack you got you know perfect marriage awesome family, amazing career, 
right? Just read this book, follow these steps and you're good, right? And that's the way we kind of view things. But you have to understand the Bible was written in a very different culture. And that culture believed that in order to get the best things in life, there had to be effort and time, right? There were no shortcuts. Uh, you read about the wisdom literature and it's all about, man, you got to walk the path. You got you to gotta do this every day. You got to apply yourself. You got to walk this way, right? What does Jesus say over and over again? Follow me. He doesn't say, come to me and it's over, right? Walk over to me right now and you're done. And he's like, walk over to me and then yeah. follow me, right? Yeah, <laughs> so abiding is, is every day. Abiding and every day. It takes time. That's right. It takes time. It's going to be uh, a, 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 a process that's going to happen inside of us. And that's something that the Christian church has forgotten. And so we think that like, oh, I just, I want to know the formula to repent so I never struggle with this again. And that doesn't work. And, you know, I'm going to say this, this might offend some people listening and I'm sorry. Um, but, you know, I do uh, handle a lot of marital counseling as well as Bo, where the wife gets this idea in her head of if I could make my husband feel bad enough about what he did, he'll never do it again. You know, if I could just beat up on him and express my hurt enough, then he'll never do it again. And if I don't see the amount of sorrow that I feel like I should see in him, he must not have repented, right? He must not have. And I don't care if he goes a year, two years, three years, four years, five years without viewing porn. He views porn one time. He never repented. He never repented. Everything he said to me was a lie and I reject it, right? And that's totally contrary. And what I'm trying to say is that that's totally and completely contrary to what God says, what his word tells us about what repentance is like, right? It's completely different than that. Mm, so good. So tell us a little bit of, well, before you go in, in, in any more, um, why don't you find that quote from Spurgeon that talks about repentance being ongoing all right yeah this is like my favorite one that i found of his i was like this is so right on man (laughs) so it's like the last one i put there it says there is another mistake many poor people make when they are thinking about salvation and that is they cannot repent enough they imagine what they are uh to repent up if they were to repent up to a certain degree then they would be saved right so this idea like if i ever fell back to sin maybe i'm not saved you know maybe I wasn't a- ever saved if if I keep falling to porn, you know? I'm a dog returning to his vomit. I'm not saved, right? Which is a total misquote of that passage, but we don't have time to talk about that. But anyway, you know, right? then, then after that, he says, Repentance, moreover, is never perfect in any man in this mortal state. We never get perfect faith so as to be entirely free from doubting. And we never get perfect repentance, which is free from some hardness of heart. The most sincere penitent that you know will feel himself to be partially impenitent. Repentance is also a continual lifelong act. It will continually grow. I believe a Christian on his deathbed will more bitterly repent than he ever did before. It is a thing to be done all your life long. Sinning and repenting, sinning and repenting make up a Christian's life. Repenting and believing in Jesus, repenting and believing in Jesus make up the consummation of his happiness. Mm, man, that is rich indeed. <laughs> it is, man. But it, you know what I love about it is it's so foreign to what how we see things. Right. You know, because again, usually when someone goes to church, you know, they they kind of hear the term repentance and they're always hearing it in this idea of, oh, it's just a one time shot. And that's kind of usually how they, or it's a repentance and you're done with it. Right. You've left it behind. It's done. All things become new. There's that kind of quote, you know, these kind of merge of quotes come together. Right. You know, 
And, um, and, and, and then you read something, and then Spurgeon, you read Spurgeon's sermons, and you kind of go, whoa, this guy's, in every sermon, he's repenting. <laughs> you know, in every sermon, he's talking about his depravity. And yeah. every, every sermon, he's leaning on the precious beauty of Christ. And he's just loving it. He's just, just, just so fascinated with the beauty of God. Hmm. And, and so you see those things always happening, you know, and, and that even though he is so excited about God, he utterly understands that even within what's happening good in him, there also is a clarity of the bad. Hmm. Uh, that's also right there with him. Right. Which sounds a lot like Paul the Apostle in Romans chapter 7, though he sees clearly, though he's seeing Christ clearly, mm. he sees, even though he sees the law clearly mm. and the holiness of God clearly, it just, what it's doing is it's just showing him the the utter uh, defect mm. that is in him. Yeah. And, um, and those type of things that are, that you know, the, the same kind of concepts. Um so so when we're when we're talking about sexual issues and if we're saying to people we'll just you know repent mm. you know and 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 then and then we're and they're thinking that that means that it's a one time shot right and and that's what we're kind of implying too right is that you just didn't really repent what is that going to do to that woman or that man who is just going man i i you know i i I don't know my heart's not changed yet yeah you know um this is ab then they're gonna think they're abnormal right like something is abnormal with them Mm. and this kind of frustration i think is the reason why in 50 years the church might not be around Mm. like it is today um, meaning you're going to find more younger people just going off and off and off and off and drifting off and off and off and off. Right. Because, because they're not going to be able to, they're not repenting like they think they, that the culture, the Christian culture is telling them is what repentance is. Mm. And that becomes just a frustrating act to to follow. You know, it becomes so difficult when someone says, hey, I've repented and I don't struggle with, uh, sexual sin anymore. Hmm. I don't. I don't struggle with lust anymore. Hmm. I don't struggle with drugs anymore. You know. I don't struggle with pride anymore. You know. When we. When we. When we put it like that, hmm. right? It, regardless of the incredible self righteousness that is just oozing out of that person, hmm. right? And the sin is just <laughs> blowing up. And and it's readable even to a teenager where it's so palpable that they can even see the, the righteousness that's on these people. Mm. But they see the inability to be like that yeah. at, at, at the stage they're in, at the place they're in. Mm. Then it creates that utter um, um, futility, mm. you know, where I am absolutely impotent, mm. which is right. <laughs> you know, that is, you know, as a Christian pastor, I go, man, you're right. <laughs> you know, you're at the right spot. <laughs> you know, you're totally impotent. That is the perfect place to be at. Right. You know, and and now let's direct our eyes to the beauty of the cross. Right. And the blood that was shed. And let's 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 look to that grace, that beauty, that graciousness 
the gift of God that has appeared to all men, teaching us to abstain from worldly lust. Let's look to that beauty. Right. To, you know, let's continue to gaze upon Christ yeah. and rely on him. And even though the world says to, uh, to us, you're hypocrites or you're this or you're that or you're, you know, you can't, you know, you can't get it all right. That's right. We can't. <laughs> and we're looking to the beauty of Jesus to help us. We are fully dependent. Yeah. So, so he's come to the poor young person or, or, or young man or whoever has come to the right conclusion that they are impotent, mm. but they are under the false premise that that preacher isn't. Right. You know, that that preacher has now achieved something else, mm. you know. You know, and what's weird is, what's weird is if I go to a drug, a guy who's, you know, with drug, struggles with drugs, and I say, hey, you know, I don't struggle with drugs anymore. He's going to go, man, I wish I I was there. And I go, well, he's going to go, how did you do it, Bo? And I go, well, you know, I repented. (laughs) I repented, and I don't, I've never struggled with drugs anymore. He's going to go, whoa. Well, repentance means what does it mean? That I never struggle again. That I never struggle again. I never concede into the f- the fallen nature again. Mm. You know. Um. But if I say if I say you know what I am. I don't you know I, I don't know. <laughs> you know I I brought I bring it to God, yeah. meaning I bring that to God in my life, mm. and um and in that way I repent. I bring things to God. And uh, and I'm thankful that today I don't have a desire to to do drugs, yeah. um, you know. And uh, he might go, well, hey, I I, I want to get there. And I go, yeah, well, just keep looking to Christ, man. Yeah. You know, keep keep reading and praying and bringing your concerns to God, who loves you. Right. And uh, and let's let let's let the Lord make that change, mm. you know, in you, um, you know. And we're gonna trust Him to do those things, you know. Um, you know, it's funny how the Christian church wants to set up all these things to make sure that you don't stumble once again. Right. You know, right. and we kind of look at, I think, some of the things like accountability and cutting off and we kind of go into hyper mode with those things. Right. You know, where we kind of go of like, hey, we, we, you got to go to camp now. You got to go to this now. You got to go to this now. This rehab. You got to go to this, 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 mm. you know, um, you know, where it's very, we have just a very difficult time in, in the sense of just dealing with sin. Yeah. We just can't seem to uh, um, really balance that out with the love of God. Mm. You know, I- having a love for God and how do we deal with sin daily and how do we take those things to God daily? Mm. You know, those type of things. We tend to really get squirmish, you know, with those type of things. You know, it's one thing if it's a if if, if we understand that there uh, there is some people that are in incredibly compulsive situations, mm-hmm. bad situations where they are compulsively doing things, drinking, alcohol, um, sex, where there there is a place for intervention. Right. You know, um, but on the whole, most people aren't leaving the church, you know, because of those situations. Right. You know, they're younger and they're leaving the church because they 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 feel inadequate they don't they cannot relate anymore mm. with the church culture right and which to me is w- so sad 
Like, how can you not relate to the Bible, Peter, right? (laughs) It's filled with people who are literally disgusting dudes and people. I mean, people that are a mess. And, 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 you know, so how can you not relate to it? How can you not go, oh, wow, yeah, that's, I, I definitely probably should be in that crew, you know, because <laughs> I'm, I'm not perfect either. Yeah. And, and yet, yet so many young people, um, and when I mean young, I'm saying like, you know, 30 and younger, you know, go, you know, uh, it's, uh, you know, I can't be like that. Yeah. You know, there's no way. Yeah, and it's as you said, Bo. It's like it's really, really tragic when that happens because it does. It goes against what the Bible says. And you know, I remember a couple of years ago, you and I spoke at a um, at a uh, at a church where they were wanting us to talk to some of their youth leaders um, to help them deal with students uh, who were in any type of sin. And you and I talked about repentance and there was there was really none of them in there that that really wanted to show any type of vulnerability because we asked yeah. them like how many of you guys struggle with anything you know yeah. porn or eating or you know anything and no hands went yeah, up yeah lustful inclinations lustful <laughs> lustful thoughts you know like yeah. anything and and you know these are not these are not you know like 80 year old people you know these are these are teenagers (laughs) and these are college students it's like really and there was a room of like 50 people and you're like really like none of you no no lustful inclinations no eating problems no no drinking problems no drug problems no pride problems no greed problems you're just nothing and and there was like no hands raised and and we were just blown away and we we finished our presentation and you're just like hey you know this is this is where we're at you know we're we're seeking God but man like I'd be liar to tell you that I could that there's no way I would ever go back to porn you know because I could fall you know it doesn't change my goal it doesn't change the fact that I'm running after God and and I don't want to you know and I'm doing everything in my life so that I don't but it does still the possibility remains that my flesh is weak and I could fall back into those things and and uh, their like main leader raised their hand they're like if you say that to your kids what hope are you giving them and it just like it blew me away. I know it did to you too. Or yeah. it's like you know that that is the Christian hope, though. The Christian hope isn't come to God and He's gonna fix you, you know, and that's it. You know, you you, you just repent, and you're you're fixed, because that's not hope at all. That's false hope. You know, you give people that kind of hope, and like you said, they're gonna leave the church because they're gonna be like, I must not have done it right, or maybe I'm just not like those people. Yeah. Maybe I'm. Or they get, or they, or they produce you. You produce in your children a self righteousness. Hmm that that it makes them think that they are right right you know because they don't do those things right when really they are filled with all other vile inner sins Mm. you know that's right that's right where you know even the the first story that you brought up where it's the pharisee and the woman um, in, in the house and the woman is forgiven and Jesus says he is forgiven much, loves much, but he was forgiven little, same loves little. You know, when you look at that story, the difference between the man and the woman wasn't that, I mean, gee, it, it would be insane for me to interpret that story and say the reason why the woman loves Jesus more than the Pharisee is because she sinned more. You know, and the Pharisee, if he just sinned more, he would get it. You know, that, that would be an insane interpretation because that would mean that God is endorsing sin. That would be the the only way you can interpret that passage is to say that Jesus is encouraging people to really, really sin, and then you'll love him more. The only possible interpretation of that scripture is that Jesus is saying you're both in the same boat, but only one of you realizes it, 
right? You think you're better than her because you don't sin the way that she does. Therefore, you don't think you've separated yourself. You said she's in this boat. I'm in this boat way over here, way close to God. You're like way out there because I don't have sex with girls. I don't drink. I don't do this. I don't do that. Therefore, you're over there. I'm over here. And what Jesus is saying is like, no, 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 you're together, right? You go in different directions than her, right? You don't go in the sexual directions. You don't go in the drug directions, but you go in the proud directions and you go in the arrogant directions and you go in the greedy directions and you go in the, right? And he could point out all the sins in that man. But the, the, the whole point is that man, like the second that the Christian church gets that self-righteousness, which we have, where we start separating people and segregating them and saying like, dude, I can't, I can't even understand people who view pornography. Like you can't understand. Like how, how could you not understand? Yeah. And when you say something like that, you 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 basically take uh, you know, especially a generation that has been raised in a digital world, hmm. which is just going to get more digitized <laughs> and 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 everything like that. But you just taken those people and you basically just said, you know what? Um, you guys are just don't get it. You guys are scum, hmm. and look at what you do. And, and I'm glad I don't do that. Mm. You know, I understand, you know, and you guys don't. And what, what young person who can have, who have, you know, what young person who has the options of going to a church and feeling um, horrible mm. and feeling like there's no, nobody who can relate to them and no one that... Uh, that there's really no hope to be like that leader or like those people w or a choice to be a part of a digital community of millions and millions of people that will accept you, listen to you mm. and validate you mm. uh, where you're at. What choice does a young person make today mm. to be validated? That's right. You know, not that that's the right thing to do. We're not, me and Peter certainly don't believe that that's the, maybe the proper thing to do, but that is what we do. Right. I mean, that's what we do. Yeah. And, um, you know, so it, it, it's like for those people that are going in those directions, those young people, it would be so cool if they at least knew that the church, um, when it comes to this idea of repentance, the way I can communicate what I mean by repentance is to be able to tell them that I'm in a continual state of seeking repentance. Right. You know, that I have not attained right. to where I want to be. There is still the sinful inclination in me. Mm. Um, there is t still the desire to do those things. I thank God that some of them are really not as strong as they used to be mm. but it doesn't mean that other ones are not very strong and right. wanting to move in my life you know so um, those things have to be communicated <coughs> and I think Spurgeon what we get from Spurgeon is that he really in his heart had a desire to communicate that way mm. with the people and to let them know that he, he, there was, he, he, they didn't have to do anything to attain to where he was at, mm. you know, he was in their boat. Yeah. He was relying fully on the grace of God too, too.
So the mixed messages that we have in the church sometimes are that, yeah, you know, leaders sometimes go, oh, yeah, I'm fully leaning on Christ. Hmm. And they say those things. But if you say I'm fully leaning on Christ and you never say why you are leaning on Christ, Hmm. then you're you're educating, but you're educating not in a good way when Hmm. it comes to this idea of repentance. Right. Yeah. Because you're saying, hey, yeah. Um, um, I'm good. Like, yeah, I'm seeking the Lord. I seek the Lord. I'm learning to abide in God. I'm ab- but why are you abiding? Why are you learning? Why are you seeking the Lord? Why are you? Because I, I have, you know, I am a mess. I am a greedy man. Mm. And I, I hoard my money. Mm. And I, I'm afraid to give it up. And I want to be paid this amount. Or I want this. Or, you know, then it all of a sudden it go, whoa, I, I see where this dude needs Jesus. Right. <laughs> <You Yeah. know? laughs> I see where this woman needs Christ. Yeah. You know, where, where a- any more, and that joy in them, the joy in their heart as ministers and leaders, the joy comes from, from knowing that Christ is beautiful, mm-hmm. that he is the one who will deliver us, and one day we will have total deliverance. Yeah from where we're at so um, that's how maybe it would uh, be better I I think you know for people that understand this idea of repentance better yeah Yeah. is there anything more you want to say about that no No, that's good yeah pretty good stuff eh yeah check out runninglight.org to begin our two video series take flight and love or lust You can also send us questions on Twitter at Running Light or on our runninglight.org podcast page. Like us on Facebook at Running Light Ministries, Psalm 36.8. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your pleasures.